a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey, streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Welcome to the Night's High Project. I'm Ethan Millard. I got Alex Keery here with you. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday night. We really appreciate it. The special limited edition summer season of the Night's High Project. Ethan, and Alex, uh, boy, we got a lot to cover. We do have a ton. And I just wanted to say, like the, uh, I, I'm like, I'm like hoping for some sort of a, you know, like a weird stay of execution on the Night's High Project, waiting for the federal uh, word to come down that that Nightside doesn't get uh, executed in the next couple of days. Well, you know, we I'll tell you this, Alex. I'm trying to figure it out like like our lawyers are appealing. Otherwise, it's the old lethal injection for you and I tomorrow night. Well, it's uh, I'll tell you. You know, we we restarted the Nightside project with the understanding that we would <laughs> end the be... COVID crisis. <laughs> oh, that we would end it. We'd be the ones who would. We're do basically it all? the live aid of radio. <laughs> That this would this would do it, yeah. And we're not that. It's, we're not mission right. accomplished yet. Oh, okay. So we have we're not mission we accomplished. Yet. We can't go to we can't go on the USS Abraham Lincoln. Put the mission accomplished banner up. Not yet. Wear the wear the gear and say we did it. And uh, so and, that's what we're hoping at some point. So we're we're waiting to hear word if there's going to be some sort of federal stay of execution of the Nightside Project. <laughs> and so we'll uh, take your support via text five seven five zero zero. We will take your. Uh, your pleas to stay the execution of the Nightside Project at five seven five zero zero, or if you say, "Hey, you know what? No, pull that good riddance, pull that trigger, <laughs> get him out go, of here. Let's go." Uh, all those will be taken at five seven five zero zero. By the way, Ethan, you sound you sound like you're not in a closet this evening. No, I'm not in the closet. I'm I'm back at my I'm back in my home. I, I did a little did a little bit of travel for good work for and, you. And and I'll tell you, Alex. Now I didn't leave the state, but I did leave my city. And uh, and I'll tell you, I went as far out of I went as far in the state as you can without getting out. So I was down in St. George. Oh, that's and uh, it was really interesting because uh, up here now in Salt Lake County, at least where I am and in the areas where I kind of roam. The masks are now ubiquitous, right? Everyone is wearing the mask now Uh, in St. George. They're still coming along. So well, look, um, maybe uh, maybe the whole school. I think is I think really what's happening is is we get closer to the to school, and I think parents are going to have a really hard time convincing their kids to wear masks everywhere when they have not. It's going to be an uphill battle. I'm telling you right now, yeah. parents, if you haven't worn your masks at all in in public, you you try to tell your kids to do it for school where they're going to be mandated to wear their masks mm-hmm. is going to be an uphill battle. It's like that old ad: parents who have drugs, who use drugs, have children who use drugs. Answer Remember me: that? Who taught you how to do this stuff? I learned from you. All right, I learned from watching you. <laughs> so I think that I think that that's going to be the first step to it. Uh, yeah. By the way, while we're here and we're still talking about education, uh, Jeff Kaplan mentioned it at the top of the hour with the with the news, of course, today that. Governor Herbert uh, said that they will tweak the color-coded system. This seems, this kind of color-coding gerrymandering, Ethan, is offensive. And they, look, they said they're going to allow Salt Lake schools to open if they want, 
uh, despite being at an orange level. And there are all sorts of crazy questions I have in there. What is deciding this? And I will, I, my, my thought was, and I told you this, and I don't know if it's certain or not, but it's got to be a contributing factor. We talked this week, the, the, how many stories this week were about Salt Lake City schools that weren't, go, weren't going to be able to Play participate sports. in sports. Yeah. And, I, and look, Governor Herbert was a varsity sports athlete in high school, and this I guarantee he was taking a lot of fire from people who are going, imagine what these kids are doing watching the rest of the state participate in sports that the high school uh, administrators of sports and athletics in the state are signing off on it, but they're not going to be able to do it. And so I bet that had a lot to do with it. Now the I question probably, is going to be, yeah. I bet the question is going to be, how are they going to be able to pull this off? And should they? Five seven five zero zero is a text number. You can weigh in on the program. I don't understand the song and dance. So we made changes to the color system. I mean, I've got a newsflash for everybody. We did not write the color code into the Constitution. Governor Herbert does not have to follow this. He doesn't. Right. I mean, it, it's it's, and there's this weird there's this weird song and dance happening is with politicians all across the country where everyone's trying to pass it along trying to pass along oh no 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 it's the counties oh no no at the federal level they say no, no it's the states and the states will say no no it's the counties no no it's the cities and you know no no well we got the color system so it's like there's this weird thing everyone's shrugging well i don't know what to do we have the color codes i guess we could change the color code. you know it's like weird, <laughs> it's so weird. everyone's holding it's these decisions of, look, at arm's length it is not it's not orange it's uh it's like a light orange you know that one i mean we could get help from the crayola company on like the different Uncoming shades up with these between you, you the, between the, in, they have like 19 shades between orange and yellow i'm sure you know who stepped in though who is it who you know who's providing civic leadership across the country <laughs> who it's businesses oh businesses and this is in every state and look yeah businesses we're seeing have been it providing now. that civic leadership kroger who owns smith's they came out yesterday and said all right enough is enough we're putting our foot down if you walk into a kroger store you're wearing a mask done that's been the case in every city across the country. It's been businesses that have been coming up with solutions right. been businesses that have been coming up with rules and insisting they've been playing that role of civic leadership when at every level politicians are just keeping an arm's length and pretending that they don't there's nothing they can do and oh no but don't do this and oh but they'll they'll they kind of join in the outrage and then they stand over here and then it's just it's been bizarre it's been so bizarre so i'm really grateful for american businesses today that have stepped up and said you know what we'll provide the leadership ethan and I'm, they have ethan i'm on the crayola website let's see let's and hear it <laughs> i'm on the crayola website and if you don't want to live in orange maybe fiery orange ah oh, that sounds a little too dangerous fiery orange, fiery orange is not is the right little, one that's not I the can one tell you, we i haven't want. even seen the color but i can oh, tell you already i'm trying that's to think i'm trying to think about cuz some of these okay this is a little bit more how about neon carrot because that okay. has the that has the thought of like you know some uh, some health there's some health benefits to done Salt Lake <laughs> County is neon carrot neon carrot uh, done <laughs> it's not yellow yet there we is there is mango tango so that's kind of that that's kind of that in between so it's in the orange family they say they, it is it is in the orange hue so my vote is between mango tango and neon carrot so. Uh, think about that. So Salt Lake City, if they're going to allow the schools while they're at Orange to be able to keep it, then mm-hmm. – <laughs> the, the, and, and really, 
I mean, you heard this, the the uh, I think you heard the superintendent or the, at least the, the president of the superintendent of schools talk about the idea of, uh, you know, being able to. It's one thing to be told, "Hey, you can do this," and here are the guidelines to be able to do it. And there's another to just say, "Nah, we're good." Mm-hmm. Because what he's saying is, is the schools have to have the desire to do it. And having come from a school that uh, we were in the Salt Lake School District uh, until the end of last year, yeah. when we moved. I'm telling you, the teachers and the administrators at that school, uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty clear they were not that interested in just returning for the sake of saying get these kids back in school. It was a very uh, you know let's let's do the right thing. Well, and and I think it's because it's because so many of the risks are unknown. Now we've seen a decrease in the overall death rate, and I think that's because we've got improved treatments, right? Because when this first started up, what did we have? We had that chloroquinine uh, aquarium <laughs> medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had bleach injections. <laughs> you know, we're kind of limited. Um, now we're much better at it. They put people on their stomachs. That's helped the people on the ventilators. You know, uh, that first round, that first terrible round that hit New York and just knocked them sideways. Once you hit the ventilator, 20% chance of, oh, of surviving man. it. You were you were on your way out. Right. Now it's now more than seventy. Better. It's now seventy percent chance survival on the ventilator, and it's because we've got we're using steroids. We've got remdesivir. We've got techniques like putting them on the stomach. We're learning as we go, but I think what teachers are understanding is they're seeing how much we still don't know, and I don't think it's unreasonable for a teacher to look at that school and say, "If I'm going back to school, I have to expect that I'm getting this." Uh, and boy, that's frightening. That's really frightening. And you can tell that person all day long, well, you know, but you probably won't die. But that's cold comfort, you know. All right. Uh, Millard, speaking of cold comfort, that's a, that was the other name of the Nightside Project, what we were going to be. Uh, but now we're either Neon Carrot, Mango Tango, or we will try to stay the Nightside Project. <laughs> will the Nightside Project have its execution stayed tomorrow night at midnight? We don't we don't know yet. Keep your text rolling in at five seven five zero zero. Here's the other thing: I want to know from parents out there if it does go to if it does go to you're going to stay in Orange in Salt Lake. Would you still want your kids to go be in person at school? Five seven five zero zero to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to take the break here. We'll come back. We've got more to discuss. Let's have this mascot discussion because now, Ethan, I'm interested in your non sports take on the changing of mascots. Mm. Uh, and changing the names of mascots. Stay every right here with us. Every five years, mandatory change every five years. <laughs> All mascots. Stay with There's us. There's a rotation. The Nightside Project continues on KSL News Radio. Nightside. Nightside. We're all friends here. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. All right. Welcome back to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Miller here with Alex Keery. And uh, Alex, we got this text. It says. Um, where is it? It says, uh, keep on the night, Nightside. Oh, here it is. Stay the execution of Nightside Project. Instead, make them serve life sentences on air to pay back their penance to the This public. one says, uh, keep the Nightside Project until the entire state is green. I think that's a good, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a long time, though. I mean, the, the reality is. We're the never reality is be green. So right now, we're, we're, I, I went, I'm still on the Crayola page to find the Salt Lake School District is trying to figure out if the governor is going to say, the governor says, look, we can have this modified orange for mm-hmm. you to be able to bring the students back to school this year. Yeah. And so if you have this modified orange, I found a new uh, color here that that might be, so there are a couple in here. So we, we so far we have neon carrot. That These are actual crayon colors. Neon carrot 
and Mango Tango. Those are the two that kind of got Atomic Tangerine is kind of an interesting one. Uh, the one that I think has a lot of it's lo- it's a loaded it's a, it's a loaded color. Ethan is Radical Orange, which I feel is like kind of what you are. Like a little bit radical orange, a little bit radical, a little like, bit '90s still, a little bit still in the '90s. No, 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 radical in the sense of like, uh, you know, you're in your basement, you got the tinfoil hat on, you got you're plotting some things. Uh, that's kind of a, how I picture you, radical, oh, a orange. radical, right? Just ra- oh, I understand. Just like a a, a radical orange, like oh, the, you I know, understand. that's one you want to stay away from. And right, atomic, right, yeah. and I don't know about atomic. Atomic sounds dangerous too. And yeah, t- but it's also, but also because uh, we replaced atomic with nuclear, so atomic is now kind of more of a yeah, yeah. whimsical word a little bit. Yeah, there's there's a vintage. straightforward atomic is vintage now. There is a straightforward yellow orange. But no. that, that you need something that 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 moves that, the needle. You know what I mean? Probably that's probably Governor Herbert's vote is yellow orange. <laughs> I wanted to go with yellow orange. So orange. Uh, Alex, uh, here in uh, in another segment. So on the other side of the news break, we have yes. Adrian Andrews coming on with us. She is uh, a vice president at Weber State University and their chief diversity officer. And uh, she's been uh, giving us some great perspective and walking us through, you know, important points related to this ongoing debate about race in America. And the latest thing to pop up and, and what we what I wanted to do, Alex, is I wanted us to have a chance to talk this out first. And then that would help us know what we needed to discuss and go over with Adrian. Um and that is the renaming of the Washington Redskins. Now so they're jettisoning that they're jettisoning that name. Right. And so we wanted to, I thought, well, hey, let's talk through this a little bit. You and know, I wanted to get we your we talked go, about it. We, we talked about, about it on, on Unrivaled. And that's why I wanted to get like your thoughts is like the the not from the non sports guy perspective, when you see that there is a like the Redskins name. Did that register with you as something that's always been offensive? Did it register as, or did it not register at all to you because it was just a brand name? Uh, and 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 I think you know right now the Redskins don't have. I mean, the football team in Washington does not have a. <laughs> all they've done is gotten rid of the Redskins mascot as mm-hmm. their mascot and logo. Uh, but they've just all they've said is they're going to try to figure out. I, I'm sure they're hiring firms. They're going to do some focus groups and yeah and, and whatever. And, and I hope they do the right thing. And I don't know if the right thing is to just go the other direction and and do. Uh, I think that staying away totally from any kind of racial group or, I mean, it sounds bad to say, Ethan, but I'm like, look, just do the politically correct thing and just do a An animal. Just do a neutral animal that is neither ferocious nor, but you know, uh, but kind of maybe they're fast, you know, maybe like the Washington ferrets. <laughs> just, just something that's along the lines, and I'm not saying that to be marmot. The Washington marmots, the, nice yes, marmot, nice man. marmot. No, hey, but I'm uh, not saying but, that to be controversial. What I'm saying is, is that maybe yeah, you're that, saying it to, to be not controversial. Well, that, is that's what a, yeah, and I'm not doing it flippantly either. What I'm well, saying is, so, is that if we go toward any group of people, we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what we're doing up here locally at, at Bountiful High School, where they're going to do the same thing. The, the school board, or uh, uh, the school, the, yeah, the school board's going to actually end up trying to decide what the fate of the Braves' name is going to be at Bountiful. And, you know, I, I think that and it's going to be one of probably any number of schools around the state that might still have have that tie to a Native American name, and but not really Native American, just kind of a general kind of what we would consider a quote unquote Indian name from, you know, the uh, from the 90s. I mean, the Atlanta Braves, 
They've said straight up, we're from not from cha- the '90s. How old do you think Bountiful High School is? No, no, no. I'm no, no, no. I'm just saying, like we, they were very. It was a very like it, in the in the early '90s. The Atlanta Braves had the the tomahawk chop that they yeah, did. Yeah, we games. shed a lot of that stuff. Well, so up, let me, yeah, we saw all those things happen, and, and of course, the school's a lot older than that. But I mean, like right. we we got we got so we have so many Chiefs, uh, Braves, Warriors that indicate to have that Native American uh, kind of background to it. And then right up the right up the street here, we have the Utah Utes that has a hundred percent backing from the local Ute tribe. Well, and this is where Alex, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. It, we've got the two sides here. We've got the Washington Redskins, right? Which, I mean, mean, let's face it. I think one day we'll be embarrassed that we even ever used that word. It's an obvious slur, right? And if you went to a Native American family and started throwing that word around, you would be not welcome, right? They would be very, very offended at that. Um, And then on the other side, though, you've got the Utah Utes. And just this last week, the Ute tribe... Uh, they reaffirmed that raci- that relationship. They said, we're, this is something we're very proud of. This is something that's beneficial to us and the school. So I feel like there is some room here. And that's kind of what I want to talk through with Adrian is what are the parameters here? Because I don't think it's necessary for Washington to jettison all references to Native Americans. That, that obviously there is space here in which they can accomplish what I think a lot of people wanted it to be, the team to be, and that is a tribute to America's first citizens and first residents. And uh, I, I'm just I'm just not clear on what those parameters would be. Does that make sense? Yeah. But like I, where, I where... feel like they must be there. Well, I think we haven't figured it out, though, right? I mean, you say that those parameters are there, but we we obviously don't know exactly. There's no there's no handbook on this, and we give right. some we give some franchises a pass, and then we get and some schools a pass, and we give some uh, some tribes a pass, and some you know references. Well, I and, mean, and the, the perfect the, the example Cleveland, of this, the Cleveland Alex, Indians, they yeah. got rid of Chief Wahoo in 2018 officially, but they guess did. what? Everybody shows up at the game with Chief Wahoo shirts that they bought prior to. to to 2018 or the, well, or that, the non- that stuff will fade away because those shirts will get disgusting and they'll stop wearing them. But um, or the or certain paraphernalia will get too valuable. They'll stop bringing it to games. So that stuff will fade away. But I think you're right, though, because you can see, for example, the conversation that's happening in Washington that's not happening in Kansas City with the Chiefs, which is a Native American reference. But it's obviously sitting in a different space. And you know what? Maybe history will come for the Chiefs as well. I don't know. But it, right now, it's pretty clearly being looked at I'm telling differently. You, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a reason, too. And just from a, from the standpoint of, I'll tell you why the Washington Redskins. I mean, it sounds it, it, just like going off of just pure aesthetics, rolling off the tongue. It sounds bad, you know, in 2020. Yeah, it it's does time not, to give it up it for is sure. Not, it is not a thing that, that we look at and go, hey, this is something that we say nowadays. And we talked with Jason Buck yesterday on Unrivaled. The guy who played and won a Super Bowl with the with the Redskins, he was like, "I'll always be a Redskin. I'm proud of it." And I thought, you know, well, I, he went to the Super Bowl twice with the. Well, Redskins, that's what I'm saying so is that his his perspective is his perspective is is that's a lot of his identity, sure. And and he had a ton of respect for it. And and I think that I give him a little bit of a different pass because I'm like, he played for the Redskins and he doesn't think about it as being, uh, you know, a political tool as much as he looks at it like, hey, that was part of my career and that's part of my identity. 
So in, mm. in that sense, I, I'm I'm his his perspective on it is very unique because nobody played and won a Super Bowl for the Redskins in comparison with the rest of us, right? So <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the only one. Yeah, he's the only guy you know. And so yeah. in, in the end, uh, I I kind of guys like him, I go, hey, that's that's his perspective, and it's very different from mine or from sure. somebody else's. But the reality is, is on top of it all. This ownership group is one of the worst in foot in in all of sports. Well, Dan and- Snyder's the worst. Everybody nobody likes yes. this guy, and so it's all these things adding up to to people coming after you because well, because generally Alex, you're not really a good guy either. But review the most recent headlines because on the heels of this name change, what's now happening? Uh, yeah, with, uh, some sexual harassment claims from former right. from former staffers, and so that's Against it's been a bad owner, week, right? It's Against been a bad owner. week. Yes, it's been a bad week for uh, Dan Snyder and the football team to be named later. We're going to come <laughs> back and speak with uh, Adrian Andrews. She's uh, the uh, chief diversity officer at Weber State University. She's been helping us out with a lot of these things. I want to know: is there a context where a mascot can be a mascot versus when is it uh, something that goes too far? 57500 yeah. is the text number. More to go. We're right here. Keep your text rolling, and we love the uh, text of support to keep the Nightside Project going. And, hey, if we stay the execution of the Nightside Project, we got to get all sizes of, of Nightside shirts, not just XLs. So let's uh, take the break here. We'll come back. Adrian Andrews will join us next on the Nightside Project. is the Nightside Project. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're it now now. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. It is a little weird to be back here doing this. Yeah, the weird part's me taking your temperature before each show. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Welcome to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard here with Alex Keery. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. You know, one of the real highlights of this uh, rebooted Nightside Project that we've been doing this spring and into the summer uh, has been Adrian Andrews. Adrian is a vice president at Weber State University. She's their chief diversity officer, and we've been bringing her on regularly on the show to just kind of help us talk through and fill out our thoughts and give us some background and 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 data information on this ongoing debate on race in America that's just become such an important part of the larger public debate. And uh, she joins us tonight. Adrian, welcome. How are you? I am great. Just got my tires done, so I'm in a car that is road ready. <laughs> oh, nice. Good. Keeping it safe. Well, uh, we, we want to keep you safe and healthy. Cause... I love the I love the little things. I I know that feeling. When you get your tires done or you get like an oil change and it feels like your car's new for some reason, it's just a mental thing. You're like... I feel like I'm basically invincible for the next 10,000 miles. It's fine. <laughs> it's, no, it's good. Nothing can happen. <laughs> um, well, listen, uh, l- let me let me kind of loop you in on where we are, because we, we actually have spent the last segment talking about this topic just between Alex and me, and um, and the we wanted to kind of loop you in, share with you some of our thoughts, and, and, and hopefully you can kind of help us clarify and and get some clarity on this larger debate. Um, So we all know about what's happening in Washington, D.C. with the football team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, now uh, Washington TBD, as someone texted it, to be determined. That's the new mascot, the TBDs. And, uh, And a lot of people have pointed out 
that there are a ton of Native American references across sports. Uh, most famously here locally, we've got the Utes. Now, just this last week, uh, the Ute representatives of, of the Ute Nation reaffirmed that relationship. They said it was valuable to them. They're proud of it. That benefits both uh, their community and the school, and they wanted to keep it. And, and I don't want to minimize the debate because I, I know that the presence of the Ute brand at a state school, I know it's not without controversy. So I, I don't want to pretend that that's a settled deal. But I do think, Adrian, that there is there has got to be room for references that are at least in part rooted in a race or an ethnicity. My question is, what are the parameters for this? And, and, and how can we know that we've got it right? So the first thing I think about is, are we honoring people or are we taking and, um, and owning some aspect of identity for a commercial purpose? So I think the University of Utah is a perfect example of an educational organization that has got a strong partnership with the Ute tribe. They have an agreement that's a renewable agreement that they can use the name, and they have a Ute Pride camp or Ute Proud campaign to educate people that Ute history is Utah history, that yeah. Native American history is Utah history. And so I think there's this fundamental different component that's happening at a place like the University of Utah. That being said, I also still think it might be problematic to have the, the name the Ute, even hmm. though you have uh, tribal leadership that is supporting it. And because there is a relationship there where there is a benefit to the bargain, where scholarships are created, where educational programs are supported for K-12, and there's this ongoing larger um, educational component because of Ute Proud campaign, um, that makes it a little bit different than having the name of um, an, an agency that take a name that is a slur. Yeah, which, yeah. The, which the they've been using in D.C. Slur. Yeah. yeah, right. And so you're not honoring a tribe or a culture of people with that title. Yeah. What about the what about the idea, too, here locally? Because we have the same debate happening um you know, uh, at the high school level, and I, when, uh, having grown up in the Seattle area, we had a lot of uh, high school mascots changed over when, around the time that I was in high school in the mid '90s, mid to late '90s, where they were. It was like, hey, Chiefs, uh, Braves, Indians, any of those are going to be changed. And they and they had the school change all of them. And across the state, they had to do it. And I think there are a couple exceptions that had like actual tribe connections, you know, in Florida state university does the same thing with the Seminole tribe down there. They're called the Seminoles and they have an agreement with the Seminole tribe. But what about bountiful high school who is having this debate right now? What direction would you give the school board? Who's trying to make this decision on what to, on how to go with this, because it's a peripheral reference to native Americans or, uh, you know, First Nations uh, people, but it doesn't. It, but it doesn't really have that reference. It just has like maybe an axe or whatever it might use as a symbol of what that mascot is. And they're trying to make that decision right now. So one of the first things I would ask the board is, when you have such a strong response against changing the name, what are people holding on to or ascribing to that symbol? And that's what may be problematic. We can make the comparison to um, Confederate monuments. You know, there's a difference between a monument and a memorial. A memorial is never forget. A monument is you will always have to remember. 
Hmm. Even if it's not the thing we should be remembering, right? Mm -hmm. And so the first question um, I would say that board should be asking is, what is this response about? Because we change the name of things. We transform things all the time. But what is it that people feel so strongly about that they feel that they have an ownership over that they can't let go of? And that's the first thing I would want to understand. Um. When, uh, if I can just pull this back just briefly to the to the youth, because I'm, I'm very interested in the situation with these cuts where I went to school, and um, and I'm I'm curious I, I I'm curious to know a little bit more detail into what people are seeing because um, there's it's obviously still controversial. I, I like that they've got this relationship with uh, with the the Ute Nation with that tribe. What is it that I'm missing? What is it about? using that name, using the name of the Utes that remains in a kind of a gray area, despite the fact that everyone seems to have embraced it. What is it that, because I feel like I'm missing something. I'm not seeing something. So one of the perspectives I I might bring to bear would be that anytime we take the identity of somebody and make it a mascot, then we make it less than human. We we take away the legitimacy or the common humanity that we share with it. And so even though there's an agreement, there's this sense that we're taking as our own something that is fundamentally human and sacred. And that's the identity of a people. And so you that know, could be some of the, the resistance that you feel or the grayness that you walk in. Well, and and, uh, and someone, and I, I can't remember where I saw this. Uh, but it was within the last couple of months, <clears throat> part of this larger debate, and someone said, maybe, maybe I read it on a sign or heard it from someone, I don't know, but it stuck it in my mind. Not enough that I could remember the source, but enough that it's in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it said, I'm a, I'm a person, we're, we're people, we're not mascots. And right. I guess that's kind of where you're, where you're headed. I, I love the idea of using... Um, I love the idea of of having the opportunity to kind of pay tribute to the um, to the, you know, Native Americans or the original Americans. So is that just is is sports and mascots, things like that? Is that just as much as we might want to? Is it just an inappropriate place to do that? Should we just find other places to for tributes? You know, I think it would be wonderful if we built beautiful monuments, and we also had memorials to recognize where we have done such a wrong thing in our history that we will never forget the things that we've done wrong so that we don't do them again. But there are also opportunities for us to memorialize amazing leaders who are First Nation people that we haven't done. And so I think it's fascinating that we get hung up on a mascot associated with an athletics team instead of being hung up on how do we honor and recognize and include the history and culture and traditions of the people in the world that we live in when this was their land. Yeah. And then we came here. Yeah. Adrian that's Andrews. Int- boy, that's interesting. Adrian Andrews, every week we uh, we kind of wade through these topics uh, that have been part of this racial diversity discussion that we have hoped to have furthered a little bit more. Uh, and we've really enjoyed it. And we've had such a good time with uh, Adrian having us discuss these things with her. And she gives us such a good perspective on it. Adrian, thanks for hanging out with us this evening again. Anytime, guys. Taking the break here. We'll come back. We got more to go when we return. Uh, an interesting meeting there in, in uh, Utah County, of course. Uh, the commissioner, uh, Tanner Ainge, 
finding himself on all the national outlets uh, today because of some things that happened at the uh, the mask wearing or not mask wearing meeting. So stay with us. More to go. We'll talk about it next. Keep your text rolling in five seven five zero zero. We read them. We see them, and we see you. We'll be right back. The symptoms of COVID nineteen. Nightside, you've had a long day. So have we. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. All right, welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millett here with Alex Keery. The nation's eyes are on Utah County today in response to what happened at a county commission meeting where the county commission basically met to decide whether they would petition Governor Herbert to allow them to not have to wear masks in school. Because right now, statewide, the expectation is when school starts in the fall, everyone, students and teachers and visitors, will be wearing masks. And apparently in Utah County, the county commission uh, met to have a conversation about rejecting that advice and not wearing masks. And boy... Did it cause some waves, not just because the debate was happening, because people are having this conversation uh, all over the country. Well, and the other thing is, is that but, and, and and I think a lot of folks who watch this exchange, you know, it was one of these things, Ethan, where I when I watched it today, all I could think was, OK, uh, how far? <laughs> well, one, I was like, what was the purpose of this meeting? What were they going to discuss? And, yeah, they were all jam-packed in there. And then he cut it off and said, hey, we're trying to avoid contact. But he was doing this whole meeting with his mask down. Over <laughs> which, his, down under his chin. Right, which it is like really weird. It was, it was a super weird thing because he's going, hey, 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 guys, we got to respect the rules here with his mask under his chin. And was, I get that and- somebody wasn't – I mean, maybe it was because – I mean, he had somebody within eight feet of him, I guess. He was socially distant from him, but he wasn't wearing the mask in the room. He had it on his face, but under his chin. But which, the crowd, again, the crowd was largely without What masks. was the vibe? What was the, what is the point? Extremely what, hostile towards public health. But what was the, why was it, it, it was just all based on the idea that they, this was an anti, this group was anti-mask or anti-being forced to wear masks. That's Which one is it? Are they anti-mask? Are they anti-mask because they weren't wearing masks? But are they anti-mask or are they anti-being told to wear if the mask? If they were anti-being told to wear masks, they would still be wearing masks. So they would just be arguing against it because but they would I think most people just have. I think a lot of this discussion lies in just people saying, "I don't like being told what to do." I like I, being able to I have the choice of what to do, but and I that's don't think the that's what it. this is. I don't think that's what this is. What is it? I think that um, if people understand the importance, the public health importance of wearing the mask, but they object to it being a rule, they're still wearing masks. What we saw at the Utah County were people who uh, who subscribed to all the different conspiracy theories <laughs> that masks are actually harmful, that they'll actually, you know, all these other kinds of things, that the whole thing is a hoax. That was the crowd there. And I think, do, uh, do we have a little bit of audio from the... Uh- uh, I I do. Oh. I've got to I've got to make sure I've got to pull it up to the exact spot here. Oh, but that's yeah. all right. Keep going. And and so and Tanner Ainge got roundly booed when he said, "Hey, we can't have hold the meeting like this. It's just we're breaking all the rules." So he adjourned the meeting and said, "We're going to do this another time." Right. And which was obviously the right thing to do. But but let me let me tell you what kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, and that is that Tanner Ainge's was Tanner Ainge's reaction after the meeting. Which was what? Where he got on social media and was just this giant victim. You guys, he even said, help me. 
you know, this was orchestrated by Bill Lee, another commissioner. Um, and, you know, they're trying to, you know, win this seat in November and they're organizing this. We've got to we've got to get everyone wearing masks and we've got to take this seriously. And and he's really trying to kind of push as much as he can on this. And and he's going to get my support on the masks because I know how important it is. But he's not going to get my sympathy, not for two seconds. And this is something that's that's bothered me quite a bit with Utah office holders is because for some time now, um, Utah politicians up and down the state have courted the crazy, right? And they have used the extremists in their party to rise to power and they've used them as leverage and they have coddled them and they've encouraged them and they've grown that population and they've spread conspiracy theories. They've spread conspiracy theories about bureaucrats. They've spread conspiracy theories about research scientists and academic institutions. And they've spread conspiracy theories about Democratic politicians. They've spread conspiracy theories about their fellow Republican politicians. All these things have been going on. And now we're at a time where we need bureaucrats, public health officials, research scientists, uh, and cross-party collaboration. And these their base is rejecting it and so i don't think that tanner ain should be surprised at all because <laughs> they sowed the wind and they're weeping the let me let me, let me let me and i've i've got he's right about the mask but he's not going to get a lick of sympathy from me for how he's been being treated and for the panic that he's feeling now that his people have turned on him listen i don't live in utah county and i'm fine with it and this commission doesn't have anything to do with me. But I want to know what these parents, like their whole thing is, is my kids aren't wearing masks at school. And my thought is then don't, isn't the answer just don't go to school then? Then you're not going to school. Like that's the end of it. In my mind, I don't know what they have to be shown to see that the, that the, that the masks have been effective in being able to stay uh, and being able it, to it assist in the social distancing. What is it, the thing you can show because people? Because it doesn't matter. Because if you already believe that it's possible, and why are people? And, and and this is, you're a guy who is, studied communism. You're a guy who studied uh, communism at, at a at a close from close range. At I did, yeah. Eastern European University. European communism. Yeah. I want to um, know, and I want to know why people make that jump of it's communism to say where that oh, you have to tell. That's well, how has that happened? How does that? that what, what is that jump from? You're a communist, obviously. That's why I'm wearing. It's, that's why you're making me wear a mask. It's the same jump that the left makes, right? What's the thing the left comes up with? You're you're a Nazi. Oh. It's the same leap in logic, and <laughs> right. it's irrelevant, and it, it, it and it makes no sense. It right. never will make any sense because conservatives in America are not Nazis, and liberals in America are not communists. So, um, but uh, but I w- but I I do think though that we see a correlation though in how quickly this has been embraced because. Part of now the orthodoxy, especially in very conservative communities, for example, Utah County, is a a wide belief across a lot of people that tens, no, hundreds of thousands of research scientists around the world are all involved in a conspiracy to falsify climate data and to lie to the American people. That is already widely believed thanks to our rotten politics. So it's not much of a jump then for people to jump onto this new one, which is 
thanks to the liberal Democrats, all the scientists and all the doctors are once again lying to us. Um, on its face, it's absurd, but it's gotten a ton of traction. And it's gotten a ton of traction because people have already been prepared because we have political leaders here who have laid the groundwork and sowed those seeds that you cannot trust these professionals. You cannot trust these people. You can believe and you should believe in these broad, expansive global conspiracies. Millard. And it's they're, they're reaping the whirlwind now. You know what this, you know what this music bad. means? You know what this music means? What's that? We're going we're gonna to move on to have a good time now. All right? I, I mean, agree. plus we have news, traffic, and weather. But we got your headlines around the corner. So hopefully you stay with us on the Nightside Project. We're going to hang out, talk a little bit more. Ethan's weird headlines. A morality police. How have you been tipping during the pandemic? More or less? Stay with us. We'll give you some tips on how to tip during the pandemic. Stay with us on the Nightside Project. Nightside. This is the Nightside Project. I may be super. (laughs) I am no hero. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. You realize, though, Alex, this is just temporary. Yeah, I still took your parking space and I'm not giving it back. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Welcome to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard here with Alex Carey. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Hour two of the show. And I've got some headlines for us. Alex, you ready? Absolutely. You ready for this? Fire it up, buddy. I love it. All right. First up, uh, everyone knows now that uh, about the the security breach at Twitter. Um, So here's apparently what happened. Uh, The hackers were able to win about $119,000 worth of Bitcoin. So if you're not familiar, yesterday there were a bunch of verified accounts that were taken over, including all of the biggest ones. And... They basically put out there, and some of these, uh, the Russian, or did we did we assume they were Russian? We I found out they were Russian later, Many right? assume they're Russian. So, I don't know if they are. So, but. We can't, so they, they put a thing out that said, hey, basically, uh, we're going to throw the Bitcoin, or, or throw some Bitcoins over here, man. And, Senate, uh, give, us, give, give us the Bitcoin, and we'll give you even yeah, more back into and that look, whole routine. And when we read the headline yesterday... I told you. I, I think I told Rachel. I go look. You know what's going to happen? 120 million people got that. Got that. Uh, read that tweet from uh, from President Obama's. You know, followers. You know, because he has 120 million followers. At least 5,000 responded with like, "Hey, here's some Bitcoin." And well, and it turned actually, out being it turned out only being 119,000, which is not for in terms of single paydays. It's, it's a pretty low. good. No, it's a pretty good single day payday. Well, but, but, but hold on a second. They, Ethan, we could have done so much better well, in bilking yes. in bilking Anyone- a bunch of a, a bunch of uh uh slouches on uh, on Twitter, man. Yes, you and anyone. I could have exacted so much more money out of the poor people across the Twitter sphere. Anyone, we could have done so much better. Anyone with an imagination could have done better than this. So here's what happened. What happened was is um these hackers got access to uh basically admin rights to these accounts and this is a nightmare scenario for tech companies because um they got it from a person who has admin rights so they're able to basically trick a person with admin rights into revealing these things and that gave them backdoor access to basically every account in twitter and so 
Um, but they only got they only ran this weird Bitcoin scheme before it was shut down. And and there was someone on I, I want to say it was on CNBC today. They had the most brilliant comparison. They said, this is like hacking the entire electrical grid and then stealing a candy bar from 7-Eleven. That's all you do. <laughs> well, look, it. we're lucky. Of all then. the things you could do, that's all you do. Because I, you think that because of that, it's it's really it was really just a situation where they ended up. They ended up not realizing that they would have. They were gonna. It was gonna be this successful. People, Alex. People on Twitter move the entire stock market. I mean, that's been one of the controversies around Elon Musk. Right. Is that he's able to on his Twitter account move the share price. So, I mean, it, it would be. I I think it would be a simple thing to use just a couple of accounts. Send out the right messages and short the right company are in the you, market wait, hold on. and are make we hundreds on, of millions of dollars. Are you on KSL News Radio saying you're basically pulling an O.J. Simpson? You're like, if I were to <laughs> have hacked, if I no. were to have hacked Twitter, here's how I would have stolen a million bucks all I, all from all the, is, from those from those poor old people who are not who uh, who are like, is that you? Here's some money. All, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, the opportunity is staggering, <laughs> and they didn't take advantage of any of it. They got a hundred twenty grand that's in Bitcoin. I love how that's what you're hung up on. Well, they got one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Oh, those fools—they could have gotten one hundred twenty million easily if I, I would have been in charge. I think it's a. I think it's a couple of kids. They didn't think they were going to get it. They got it. They had no plan. They exactly. were like, "Oh my gosh, what exactly. do we do?" Exactly. And, and I think that I think that we that Twitter should be very very concerned about this because had that had that happened with a little bit more of a sophisticated group, holy cow! Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they didn't have a plan. This is you know what this is. This is those guys who steal that car and they joyride it and then and they crash it. You know what I mean? Speaking like, of, I think I saw a stolen car today. No, you didn't. No, no, no. Let me tell you what happened. Okay, you saw it like in the person stealing no, no, it. No. You saw it driving no, on the no. road. What? I was driving on 3rd West and 18th, 19th South. Say okay? no more. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, all those cars are stolen. <laughs> and, um, and I'm past. I'm driving in the right lane so I'm going to turn right on the 21st. And I'm passed in one of the left lanes by a white car, maybe a, maybe a, um, maybe a Lexus or uh -huh. Acura. I think it might have been an Acura, yeah. you know, maybe a couple years old. Newer model. but Your lack of knowledge of car models is amazing, but keep going. And... The back bumper was swinging off and barely <laughs> hanging on by just like one clip on the passenger side. And then it was actually drifting into the lane to the right. And I passed, the, they passed me and then I passed them. And uh, because at one point it fell off, it just fell yeah, off. Yeah. And the car didn't swerve, it didn't slow didn't down stop. or anything like that. Yeah. And I pulled up, so I kind of passed them a little bit. And there were two young guys in there and they were just looking straight ahead. Right. And you were and like, then, your bumper's about, gone. And then at about 20th South, they cut west or they cut east into one of those side streets in that industrial area. And well, they you're took talk off about, down there. If you're talking about them stealing, you have to say they slashed east. Uh, in a in a moment's notice, I couldn't tell. Some of them, they looked like their pupils were dilated. Those young kids. I know they were on drugs. Or I was stealing that car. They had to have known what was going on because the bumper was dra it would swung open. It was dragging. It was making you're a right. racket, and then it came off. You're officially you're officially an old guy who's like, I think I've seen a couple of kids steal a car this afternoon. I think it was stolen. Uh, okay. It was missing a license Perfect. plate. You Instead guys... of a license plate, it had this paper wrapped in plastic, but well, it no, wasn't that's, like that's the called normal. A, that's called, look, it wasn't they got a the car for one. a deal. It wasn't the normal one. They got a car the for one. a deal. They're like, look, you want to buy this car? Yeah. That's why I had temporary uh, tags on it. 
and they got yeah, a deal on it because it they didn't have a like bumper. The regular temporary tags. They got a de- they got a deal on it because the used the car bumper salesman was, gone. was standing against the bumper. He leaned against the bumper <laughs> the whole time. They're like, All right. Why won't he get off that bumper? This car's perfect. There's nothing wrong with this bumper. Millard, uh, speaking of hacking and speaking of Russia, the U.S., the U.K., and Canada have all agreed that they have uh, that they suspect Russia of hacking virus vaccine trials. Yeah, this is not a surprise. It's not a surprise, but no, I but Russia... I wanted to go. But I wanted to say this: Why don't we just give them all the information we have about the vaccine trials? Why do they have to steal it? They, We're not they... trying to. This isn't. This isn't like this is not the the, the race to the moon here. We want to get everybody the vaccine across the world. Russia, you don't have to steal it. We'll give it to you. Yeah, it's silly, but they've always done this. You know, through the it whole just feels, Cold War. It just feels normal. Well, that's they're like, they're the, like, this feels normal. I Just stealing stuff from America feels regular. That's one of the problems that they had with communism. They, they, they couldn't come up with things. They just didn't have the ability to innovate. Uh, so they stole. They stole seeds. They stole medicine. They stole equipment. They stole technology, and then they would, to the best of their ability, reverse engineer it. Mm. Uh, that's just that's how they did it. The whole entire Cold War, and so it's uh, it's not any surprise today that you know from what we know of Russia, which is a dirt poor or oligopoly. <laughs> that's made up. Where a bunch, a couple of you know, a small group of billionaires kind of own and run everything. Um, it's no surprise that they would feel like their only way out would be to steal this stuff. All right. So. Uh, 57500 is the text number. You can weigh in on the show. I'm having a grand old time watching the 2001 Super Bowl here in the studio. Uh, oh, they're playing the Super Bowl this week? Ethan, I don't have to tell you this. This is, of course, when the Trent Dilfer willed the Baltimore Ravens uh, to a Super Bowl win over the New York Giants. I don't have to tell you that, though. You already know that, so it's fine. Uh, those are things that you already yeah, know. Yeah, man, the New York Giants, they're great. <laughs> they're great. You know what? There are huge people across the land that are offended by the Giants moniker. The I think New York football Giants. <laughs> we're going uh, to take the break here. When we come back, th- by the way, we're still trying to figure out if uh, the Nightside Project is going to be stayed on its federal execution tomorrow night at midnight. Apparently, the Nightside Project might be no more again. I'm not staying on the air till midnight. <laughs> oh, no, no. I just mean we'll be off the air, and then maybe at midnight the decision happens, and then you and I get the old needle, man. Uh, 57500 is a text number. Brandon wants to know, is this the equivalent of the death row? Maybe there's a last meal request? Ooh. Mm. I sense an expense report situation. We're going to come back. We have more to go right here on the Nightside Project. Uh, when we return, pandemic tipping. Should you be tipping more? Can you afford to tip more during the pandemic? Stay with us. More to go on the Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. KSL News Radio. All right. Welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. All right. I'm Ethan our, Millen here with Alex Curie. All it's right. One, it's our 1,000th all right uh, while we've had the Nightside comeback. Right. Good. It just gets me into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, the rest of us call it a crutch with, in the radio world, but you call it getting into it. Well, this is this is how I see it. If I were to just say, welcome to the Nightside Project, that's so formal. And it's a cold. <laughs> oh, it's it's, cold oh yeah. Cold. It's not real personable. But the robotic all right before every... Uh, Every it's segment? like walking. It's like walking into a party of friends and oh, saying, "Ladies and good. gentlemen, right. ladies and gentlemen, right. J- ladies and gentlemen." It's too formal. Um, whereas if you you might walk into a group of friends, say, "Hey, all right, all right all ladies right. and gentlemen, you walk into a party, go, all right, Ethan's here, everybody. Welcome back. It's Ethan Millard. All Look, right, you know what our imaging says? We're all friends here. Yes." 
So this is what I'm trying to say. So, That's all true. right. Let's uh, do it. Miller, let, so we're trying, to, we're trying to let people know. Uh, we're trying to let people know. The Nightside Project, uh, as this person has put it, if the Nightside Project LE, as if we're a car model, the, the, <laughs> the limited edition goes off the air again, can we at least hear Alex's Studio 5 moment laugh uh, one last time? I don't know what the laugh is. What's the laugh? You come up with it. Just give it some thought. I don't, you, can, you can get I back there. No, you. We you have can, to get. We have to play to the. We have to play the 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 Studio Five moment music for us to like. Really, I think it's, it's like, on the. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's like that. Hold you on. do it like that, Rachel. Do you have the? It's on the. It's on the. It's on the screen there. There's got to be a, a, a studio. Here's the Studio Five moment music just to like get me into it. Life advice ideas or holiday baking tips join ethan and alex for a special studio five moment okay guys all right i just wanted to i wanted to tell you guys there are some amazing recipes that i have found during quarantine so fun and i've put on a few pounds (laughs) is that it it's close not quite your problem is you're thinking about it oh okay problem is you're trying to do it true that's true gosh you got to kind of let yourself into it. All right. It, it yeah. was more like a... <laughs> Has a, anybody else tried gravy on ice? <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> You're getting a little closer. Okay, You're thanks. getting a little closer. Appreciate we'll, it. We'll get there. We'll get there for All you. All right. Um, listen, uh, I had a chance uh, to do something uh, this week. Skydiving. No. Do they make you wear a mask? Do they wake you more, make you wear a face mask while you skydive? I would expect while you're in the plane, at least. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're like, hey, this is just like any other plane. You've got to wear a mask once until you're you jump out, out of the window. <laughs> once you're out in the in the sky, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're probably social distanced well enough. <laughs> no, you're not. The, the guy's right on your back if you're a newbie. Oh, that's true. You've got the tandem. You better be wearing that mask. Then you're definitely wearing that's a mask. That's gr- like officially, that's like, true. The, the tandem jump actually feels a little bit like you've, you know, kind of cheated on your wife a little bit. That's what oh, it feels oh, is like. is it? Have you done it? No, I just see it and I'm like, that's not for me. That's probably the way I would want jumping to jumping out of jumping out of the plane is not for me. No, no, not for me either. Looks that's cool though. Uh, hey, uh, no, I had the opportunity to tip somebody. Oh, what do you, oh, what did you uh what did you do? So, um I pulled up at a gas station, yep, in St. George. And uh I got I pulled up it, it was a Sinclair cuz I have a Sinclair card and it gives yes, me a discount yes, on yes, gas, yes. right? So I right. pulled so I'm like, okay. So I look on maps, okay, where's the Sinclair? Okay, it's over here. So I pull up and there was a a woman standing near the pumps. And she was like there with a bucket and brush and things like that. And there's some people working on there's some people working on like vacuuming out it, there was a car wash element there too. And she was standing right next to one of the pumps. And I was like, well, I don't want to talk to her about a car wash because I don't want a car wash. So I looped around, came up on the other side of the pumps. And then she followed me over. And I'm like, what on earth? And I noticed there was a sign that said, we'll pump your gas for the same price. And I was like, oh, well, all right. So I just said, I've never been here before. Uh, so how does this work? Why don't and you, then, you were like this. Why don't you hop two over here? Make yourself useful. So, you know. Um, you made the lady pump your gas? She offered. It's wow. part of the job. She was standing out there. Wow. So I gave her my card. Um, and What is this, uh, Oregon? Really... You rolled up and you're like, hi, can you go ahead and start pumping no, my man, gas? She's like, St. whatever. St. Clair in St. George. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, and so it was great. And so she pumped everything. Fine. Gave me the receipt. Great. And then I said, hey, so how does this work? Um, do you get tipped? Whatever. <laughs> and she demurred. She was like, oh, you know. Um, 
if you want, some people do that whole thing. I said, all right, well, hold I mean, on. it's usually like 15 or $20. It's not a big deal. Because I was getting on the road. Right. Right. And so I was, I knew I was going to go into the little food mart and <laughs> get ready, fuel a, up, right? Because I fueled up the car and okay, I got to fuel how up much? the guy. Okay. How much? So I tipped her a couple of bucks and I got cash. I got cash back at the register and I tipped her a couple of bucks. So for the first time in a long time, I used cash and I tipped someone. So and, interesting. Uh, she was very appreciative, and I said, "No sure. problem, thank you." Because I mean, no. Well, kidding. yeah, she should. Yeah, it was you, like 150 I'm, degrees. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is you forced that poor lady to pump your gas, and you gave her two dollars? Hey, look, man, this is America. I did not force <laughs> that woman to do anything. Hey, could you, ahead, job, pipe, could you go I ahead and pump? Could you go ahead and pump? Hey, I saw. I noticed the sign says you'll pump our gas for the same price. She's, I don't even know that you she's gave her two dollars, and she goes, "By the way, I just wanted to." Thank you. By the way, I just wanted to mention, I don't actually work here. But uh, <laughs> she, I never verified that. She might have skimmed my card. You probably, you, you, you be... saw that Romanian guy who's been skimming everybody's cards in Utah. I thought yeah. of you. Yeah. And you know what? Because you know, there's only one guy who I know who, who knows how to look for the skimming on the ATMs uh, because me. he spent too much time in Romania. See, and they then hacked we, it. And then they came here to rip us off. And yeah. then you're over here. Handing out two dollar bills to people to, pumping randos pumping your gas oh, in St. No, George, she, man. She, I, I gave her more than a couple of dollars. I, she, for a short period of time, she had my Sinclair card. So as far as okay. I, as far as I know, my Sinclair card number could be being traded right now up and down the dark web. I have no Ridiculous. idea. Ridiculous. Uh, okay, so the whole point of this discussion was to get us going on this morality police that we are now very late for. So here we go. Nightside morality police. The thin blue between right and wrong. So how much should you be tipping during the pandemic? And pandemic tipping is a thing and it's different and yes, you should uh, you should start to think about a couple things here. So AARP did this whole story on how to tip during the pandemic. And uh, and then on top of all that, they say that there is a massive uh, now this is already a thing. There's the tipping there's a, a phenomenon that we call tipping over tipping remorse, right? Or, or do you, you over tip, but it's because you have this, you feel this kind of guilt for whatever reason. Oh, I want this. A lot of times we've had people talk about this on the show with us, Ethan. You'll tip. Maybe you're the person at the at the restaurant who tips twenty six percent because you want you inherently want that server to like you, not like to go on a date with you, but because you're going. Oh, hey, I just want them to know that I'm. I want them to know, think that I'm a good person. So you kind of do it out of the yeah. Sort of the goodness of your heart, but mostly so that you can look good in front of this stranger. And that's a real phenomenon. But yeah. AARP says that, you know, during all this, on the one hand, you've got to budget well during the pandemic. But on, on the other side, you actually do have to take into, uh, take into account the fact that some of these places are getting delivery fees. I, it blows my mind. I got a pizza the other day at the house. And on the box, it said this. Our delivery fee does not represent a tip to our drivers. They're working hard for you. Please tip generously. And I and in my Ethan, in my mind, my thought was, then what the heck is the the delivery fee anyway? Now I'm not saying I only pay the delivery fee and don't tip. What I'm saying is, is when you charge a four dollar delivery fee and then say tip your driver, are you not giving your di- are you not giving your driver that four dollar delivery fee on top of it? Well, you better be. They're not. Obviously, they're what not. are they doing then? What's the deal? I don't know. But I will say this, though. What? Um, 
my tips have been larger in the pandemic. But mine really, as well. They, really, they're only in one place because I, I don't. It's all Sinclair. It's all Sinclair people pumping your gas. It's random people. If you want some money, just meet me at the Sinclair station. And tell me you'll pump my gas. Wait, wait. I'll, what? I'll it, so what? What is the one place you're tipping then? Uh, my barber. Oh, okay. I've had like three haircuts in the. How is it that during the pandemic you're the only pandemic. guy that I know that doesn't do takeout like at all anymore? I, you know, I'll tell you. So I like going to restaurants. Yes. Um, you poo poo. You poo poo the takeout. I don't like. I don't like the takeout. What know? are you talking about? It, the food's all steamy and soggy. It is not. It makes you, the it, car they have, smell. They have gotten it so good. They have done so well. I'm sure it's great, but I'm not going to do it. I just, I just. I haven't been doing it. Okay. Very rarely. Very rarely. Because look, and maybe it's because I'm cheap. All you right. Are, definitely. I mean. We pay a lot of money. When you go to a restaurant, boy, you pay a lot of money compared to <laughs> what you would pay at home, right? But that's part of it. We all know, right? But that means it's got to be great. And I just, you know, the few times that I that I do the takeout, I'm like, eh, this wasn't worth the money. Okay. Um, this is interesting. I, I still want to bring this up because when we come back, there's a couple of things in here. Because this article suggests a couple of places you should be tipping that you probably haven't been. And I'm a little bit offended mm. by it, actually. I'm like, why? So well, you can be the judge of it next. Places where you should and should not tip. Hit us with your text messages, 57500. And are you being more cheap or are you a generous tipper during the pandemic? Stay with us. More to go. The Nightside Project continues after news, traffic, and weather. Is the Nightside Project. Look at the size of that boy's heat. I'm not kidding, it's like an orange on a toothpick. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. It's summer now. They told me this would be temporary. It cannot end soon enough. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. All right. Yeah. Woo! We're back. <laughs> we got it. We did it. Welcome back to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Miller. He's Alex. Kidd. Hey, we're trying to figure out. I think we settled on it. I mean, mango tango is a pretty good color of orange. If Salt Lake is gonna is gonna gerrymander, if the governor is gonna gerrymander the orange color coding to <laughs> gerrymander it, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna carve out that little part of the of the orange coding to make it to where Salt Lake City School District can still go to school. We got to call it something else. It can't just be orange. It's either got to be neon carrot or mango tango. Those are my two. Mango tango is catchy. Neon carrot. I like neon carrot. Neon just carrot is wild. It sounds yeah. kind of fun. Um, and it's healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, you can keep your text rolling in at five seven five zero zero. We were talking tango about. We're, is, uh, we were talking about uh, tipping. We we're talking about tipping, and we got uh, a couple. We got a couple things here. This one. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one we were talking about. We were talking about skydiving, and my comfort level with skydiving, which is a zero out of a hundred. And this person says, "Jumping out of an airplane is a ton of fun. Jumping out tied to Alex sounds a little dicey." That was from Brian. <laughs> Brian, I don't disagree with you, my friend. <laughs> I I would be there. Would be first of all, uh, you'd have to. <laughs> There would have to be a change of pants by both of us afterward. <laughs> okay. All right. Bring bring extra underwear. Right. Check. And Got uh, it. and and look. In the end, I'm not. I don't know who Brian is, and I'm not comfortable with. Uh, I'm not comfortable with having to. You know. You don't need to. You you don't. I'm not comfortable having to get. I, look, Brian might be COVID. Brian, I don't know. 
That's his nickname. Well, now. you, you got to wear a mask. Uh, but you know who can answer all your skydiving yeah. questions is Patrick Wiggins. He's a skydiving instructor. Oh, he is. That's and right. He's in, and for years he's been offering. Yeah, no, I'm out. To show us the ropes on that. We you haven't taken up on, taken you know him up on it. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. So we're talking about tipping. This one says delivery fees because I asked this. Uh, on the box it says, hey, your delivery fee is not a tip to the driver. Please tip generously, which I do. So we had the pie delivered a couple of weeks ago here. I think we gave the driver eight bucks on a sixty dollar thing. Does that sound good? Does that sound like a? Does that sound fair, Millard? So yeah, I guess that's what that's roughly fifteen percent, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was like, but because, but it was partly because too there was a there was a delivery fee on top of it. So it was like a four dollar fee. So to get it delivered was you know basically twelve bucks out of the well, sixty dollars. Only you can only you can. Tell us whether it was worth it. Well, you know, people in the newsroom are always very excited about about pizza. But what I was going to say was is that the uh, on, on on top of all this, so this one says, I'm a pizza delivery driver. I'm listening to you guys talking about tipping. So if you have any questions about tipping uh, and how we get paid, feel free to ask me questions. First of all. And then you can read them on our- the air. I just don't I – don't, I don't know – what is – okay, here's my question to the pizza delivery driver who's driving around. Hopefully mm-hmm. they can answer. Are you getting more tips during the pandemic – or are people being less generous? Tell us what tell us what your thoughts are. Well, and my so here's what I want to say to this pizza delivery pizza driver guy is like in. he's the guy I've been tipping the most during yeah. the pandemic because so, we get pizza a lot. Here's the here's what the first thing I want to say to our pizza delivery driver who texted in. What number one? Thank you for your service. Oh wow! Uh, because pandering we all know, to pandering to the uh, pizza delivery crowd, huh? Cool. We all know that they're the ones that are really making America the land of the free. And um, secondly, I would be interested to know because I've worked as a server and uh, and I'm curious to know if pizza delivery drivers are paid in the same way servers are, which is basically you're working for tips. That's how it is when you're a server, right? Uh, For the most part, the restaurant might pay you like a like two dollars an hour and then tips. So um, that's what I that's what I'd want to know. So if you know that if you're a pizza if if you hear this pizza delivery driver, let us know if that's how you're you're paid, because um, I never thought that pay structure was fair. It does seem like an issue. I don't know what it is either. I'm not sure what like if if you're a full time pizza delivery person, what's kind of the what's the, your yearly take home? That's the other question. Five seven five zero zero. Here's the here's the thing that it says in this guide to tipping during the pandemic. It says, leave something for the mail carriers and package deliverers. I have not thought once to myself, oh, hey, Amazon Prime guy, stop. Let me get you a little something. And here's what they say. They say, uh, they say here it's not about money because the U.S. Postal Service staff are prohibited by law from accepting cash tips or checks or gift cards, which is a total shock to me that it would be ex- against the law to accept cash tips. I don't know why, but whatever. Postal carriers have been among the most visible essential workers during the pandemic. If you feel compelled to do something kind, uh, don't skip it. But they say you can't give them something. It says leave them a snack. Mm-hmm. Leave them prepackaged something. I've seen people, they, they put out on the doorstep like wow. a little collection of snacks. They'll say, hey, delivery Like some driver. bottle of water, like some yeah, waters and some goldfish packets. And they exactly. say, hey, have a little something on me. Okay, I, I see that's that. A, that's a cool idea. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I feel what like do I, I know do? Why. What do I do when they're a day late on my uh, kid's birthday present delivery? 
Well, but can you establish that, that that's can you establish that it's their fault though? Uh, they work for the company and they showed up a day late. So, <laughs> so it's on them. <laughs> what am I? What? It's not on me. It said guaranteed by. They give me the old date right there. I think I think the person that you ought to withhold treats from is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> He's the one that should uh, have to give up his goldfish no, you know crackers. What, you know, <laughs> his goldfish tra- crackers are actually made of gold. <laughs> they're, they're solid gold. Do you crackers. remember? Do you remember? I and can't he remember. Eats what we did. Too. He eats them. Well, there was an MLM. There was an MLM that you and I made up years ago that was just solid gold pills for for <laughs> for, uh, for the body, good for the soul. Mm-hmm. Solid gold pills, good for the soul. Uh, anyway, they say take the same approach with FedEx drivers, who are also prohibited from accepting payments. Uh, UPS drivers are not barred from taking tips, but are encouraged to say no, which always blows my mind. When I bagged groceries back in the day, my first job bagging groceries was at Albertsons, okay? Mm -hmm. And I was bagging, this is in the Seattle area, and they told you, they said, you're not allowed to accept tips. Now, this is when you were basically, it was compulsory for you to take take people's stuff out to their car for them. You bagged it, you took it out to the car, you loaded it in the car, Right. And I had people all the time go, hey, thanks, man, and hand me a fiver. And I had to say, I can't take that. And they were offended. They were like, no, man, take it. And I'm like, I am not allowed to accept tips. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I can't I can't believe I have to explain to you how to get around this. I was I in – Ethan, I was in a – I was in a, ba- a grocery baggers union, and I paid dues to it. I don't know to whom, but I paid him. You and were not in a grocery Yes, I was. Union. It's a real thing. It's the grocery baggers 130. <laughs> I don't know what Stop it was. It. I'm not kidding though. It was a real friggin' union. You were in a union. There's but some no, there's is, some grocery baggers union boss that is steaming out of his ears right now and is so mad I might get murdered tonight for talking about it. You'll find a you'll find a horse head in your bed. <laughs> yes. Uh Alex, but this is this is what happened. So you say I can't accept that, but if you accidentally drop it on the ground and then drive away. I can pick it up. I'll put it in Lost and Found and then just don't come back for it and I get it in two weeks. <laughs> I get it in two weeks. No, but I had one lady who was so mad about it and she goes, here, then take this. And she gave me a full loaf of French bread. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate it during my break. I mean, that full thing went down. Woo! I love French bread, And man. that's why I can't uh, skydive to this day. All right. Uh, uh, someone <laughs> texted in, if we start tipping the nightside host, will they show will the show Hey, listen, it won't hurt. Uh, do you want to start giving out your Venmo? <laughs> Ethan, <laughs> over the air. Um, someone. Well. Uh, so we got a response back on the pay structure. Yeah, pizza drivers are paid minimum wage, so you get minimum wage plus. Yeah, tip. so it's kind of like the server situation, right? Uh, I guess, but servers, I don't. Maybe they change. Servers the law, have to get way more tips than the pizza I, drivers, right? Uh, I don't know, but um, I don't think servers are are paid minimum wage. No, in, they they get Utah. under some loophole to be able to yeah. not pay them that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I I really and I but maybe there are people, but recently. there are pe- but there are servers. There are people who can be professional servers and make you know tons of money doing the server. Well, yeah, in theory. Yeah, no, they, and they do. And I'm saying, like, if they work at nicer restaurants, they are definitely making the money. Maybe that was my They're problem. definitely in the money. Well, yeah, you look. I never when you were at a nice enough restaurant, yeah, Little Caesars, man, they didn't, they didn't pay you outright, bro. Hey, we're gonna take the break here. We're gonna come back. What did you learn on the program? Five seven five zero zero. Here's the other thing you can text in. Uh, you can also text in not just what you learned, but you can also text in some Zed headlines if you find them. Uh, Ethan's gonna read them when we come back. Stay with us. Wrapping things up next for the Nightside Project. 
What did you learn? 57500 to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard here with Alex Keery. So, Alex. Uh, what up? What do you have? Uh, I've gone down a rabbit hole of, oh, uh, of grocery unions. Um, did, you, did you look it up? I told so, you. I told you I was in the uh, so, Grocery Baggers 130. It was, local 130. <laughs> it was the was it the United Food and Commercial Workers Union? I don't is know. Is that what but it was? I, here's what I did. So, I had to sign this thing. And I seriously paid like some dumb dues. On, mm-hmm. you know, a $4.75 an hour job. Yeah. Does that feel right? <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think part of the union thing was they had agreed. I don't know how they enforce it, but I don't know. I don't know what kind of protections we got. But I think it was mostly just along the lines of all the other, you know, being in line with the with the with the uh, the state rules on, you know, taking breaks and things like that. Yeah. Um, Could you go ahead and uh, I will always remember Ethan. I'll always mm-hmm. remember Jolene was the front end manager mm-hmm. of that of the Muckleteo Washington Albertsons. Okay, okay. And I remember the day that I got a better gig, making six fifty an hour at the Champ Sports at the Alderwood Mall. Okay, and I told Jolene, I said, "Hey, I got this other job, and I start Saturday, so I won't be in anymore." So this is my notice. And she goes, you got to give me two weeks by law. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what do I do? I went home and my dad laughed in my face. <laughs> I remember well, telling my, because I was like. HR. I was, I was like, HR. Yes. It's, I, was like in, I was like in tears. <laughs> like, how much does it work out my new first shift? It's, it's, it's not going along with the by law. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get arrested. I got to serve my duty. I'm part of a union, dad. Like, uh, and I remember Jolene, and I remember walking in and he goes, you know what you can tell Jolene? <laughs> I remember just being like, "Can you say it?" I remember being like, "Dad, I won't. I won't tell Jolene that." Uh, but two, he was just like, "He goes," and I and I did it. He said, "You have no obligation to work there. You have a new job. You are the worker here. It's your right. Don't show up on Saturday." And she's calling me up, going. You better be there on Saturday, and I'm all. <laughs> it was this weird game of chicken between my dad and Jolene, the front end grocery manager at Albertsons. And I'm like, I'm, and and so what did I do? I didn't show up. I went to my new shift and my new job. And back then we had pagers, <laughs> you know. Oh, so Jolene's blow blowing up, up my pager, <laughs> and oh, I'm going. I love it. And she's like, "You better call me back." Nine one one. Nine one one. I never called Jolene back, and. Uh, so I, I settled on the uh, Wikipedia article for bagger. Yeah, what is it? So bagger, packer, sacker, or bag boy. <laughs> I don't like any of those terms. It's an sound unofficial offensive. title given to a courtesy clerk. There you go. At a grocery store. I love, too, that sacker redirects to bagger, and then they put a little <laughs> note. Packer. Then they put sacker, and then they put a little <laughs> note. They say, for the if you're looking for the looter, sacker is a looter. you got to look at this one. And, oh, my but, gosh. So the sacker redirect to bagger, which is courtesy clerk at a grocery store. What is packer, but, though? Packer is the same? Yeah, packer, bagger, okay. packer, sacker, bag boy. Okay. And um, <laughs> so depending on the store. All the dudes, I, I'm, I'm really interested in this now. That was like my parents couldn't afford a Game Boy, so we got a Bag Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the store, it was a, one of those paper bags you put it on your hand. It's Super Mario. <laughs> it plays with you. <laughs> uh, depending on the store, 
Other duties may include cleaning the store, cleaning the bathrooms, collecting carts, sweeping the store, fix and maintain, oh, yeah. fixing and maintaining the bottle recycling yep, machines, for sure. giving customer assistance, putting back items left behind, reorganizing products on aisles to make a neater appearance. Um, some courtesy clerks can perform maintenance in the store, such as minor plumbing, electrical, landscaping, child care, elderly assistance, and many child more Child care, wow. I didn't notice that. But did you have to do all that stuff? Uh, definitely. Uh, here was the stuff in my wheelhouse. Go ahead and do another floor sweep, right? It was the floor mm-hmm. sweeps. It was bringing the carts in. It was cart wrangling. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, bagging. But here's where they get to the union part. Yeah. The duties vary vastly depending on the store and union regulations. This is this and, is what we're spending the last couple of nights on the Nightside yes, Project on. And some of those duties that I listed, in fact, are actually prohibited from being done by courtesy clerks oh, at some stores let me tell you if I due got, to union contracts. Okay, let me tell you what I had violating my uh, life then. What was it? What are there? Oh, I just it just depends. Some of those that whole list of 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 duties that I read to you, those might be contractually committed to other people and you would actually be violating a union contract to do it. So for example, if you went out and wrangled carts, you might be violating a union contract because that's the job of <laughs> the cart wranglers okay. 210. 210, local 210. Local 210. I'm glad we cleared this up. That's all I'm saying. Uh uh, the the title of bagger is the result of an extensive evolution of position of courtesy clerk. Wow. The title bag boy was adopted for some time until yeah. it was finally shortened to beggar. Bagger. Uh, that's funny. Millard, uh, I'm looking. Well, you could have had a great career there. Yeah. Is it weird that I went down? I went down the rabbit hole of looking for Jolene, the front end manager. <laughs> is she still alive? I want to send her. A, I want to send her a note that says I'm still not showing up to your. To your shift, yeah, you, know, you should call her up and you say, "Hey, I really feel bad. Let me come in and <laughs> let me make it up to you." Shift. Can I go two to ten p.m. tonight? That'd be great. It could be a Zen headline. Yeah. We'll send you with a film crew. You can embrace, Ridiculous. cry, do one last floor sweep. <sighs> we'll catch it on camera. I'll use it as a Zen headline. It's amazing. All right, uh, Millard. Yeah, are we there? We're there. Well, we're getting close. Do you have a Zen headline for us? Yeah, hold on. I, uh, I gotta find that. I'm Ethan's not. gonna pull that up. I'll read some text of what people learned in the program this evening. Uh, <laughs> this was a, seriously. Why is this the last night? It, this, tonight's not the last night. Tomorrow, Tomorrow could be the last night because we're still waiting. Look, the Nightside Project was brought back temporarily, thinking we would get you through COVID. Now we haven't we done haven't that yet. We haven't done that, so maybe We've that failed. maybe that will be. But we have been told that the that the that the seventeenth was kind of the last part of the uh, situation here. Mm-hmm. Is that tomorrow? Yes, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's. The so 17th. I don't know. I don't know. We're trying to. We're trying to see if we can get like a, a federal judge to stay the execution from Kevin, the program director. Yeah. Uh, this one says, uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, I learned that it's uh, cold comfort to rename the Nightside Project Mango Tango. If we need some money, just stand at a Sinclair, find Ethan, and Alex would wear a diaper <laughs> to skydive. Make it two. You know, uh, that's not a bad scam there. You can be there at the, at the Just remember that the union invented putting the bread on top of the bag. <laughs> Thank goodness for the union. I will tell you, hey, people man. ask for some weird bagging stuff, too. And nowadays, you don't get it. It was, uh, yeah, could you go ahead and double paper, double plastic? That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the person where they're at in their life when they would request double paper inside of double plastic? Well, the eye roll they, that I gave those people was amazing. You know what, you know what that is, though? 
That's a person who's collecting them for personal use. Oh, for sure. No, they're That's stealing. They're stealing, for sure. Yeah. And then they're, Jolene rolls up and goes, Alex, this woman asked for double paper, double plastic. I would get to it. Jeez, Jolene. Nice job, Jolene. That's a name I haven't Thanks. thought of in you know 25 years, and boy, I don't miss her. Uh, Alex, here's a Zen headline. Let me hear it. You only three, got 40 seconds. Go ahead. Three teenage fishermen can tell their friends about the big one that didn't get away after fighting for seven hours off the coast of Maine on a fishing trip to land a 700-pound bluefin tuna. It dragged them for 10 miles and seven hours before they finally got it into the boat. They wound up, they were about 40 miles off the coast of Portland, Maine when they caught the fish. They actually did not even catch a glimpse of the fish for the first six hours of the fight. Ah. They were six hours in the way. They finally caught wow. the fish. He just stayed deep. What was it? They finally brought it up. What was it? I told you, it was a blue 700-pound oh. bluefin tuna. Oh, nice. So. that Those go for like 200 grand or something. Yeah, like they threw it away. They don't like fish. <laughs> it's got too much of a like fishy taste, taste to it. Fish. All like right, Millard, we'll be back again tomorrow for what could be the last uh, episode again of the Nightside Project ever again. Stay with us, though. We'll keep you updated on any updates if our execution gets stayed. Breathe and Millard, Rachel hitting the buttons. Uh, KSL's Unrivaled is next. Mitch Harper's going to join me right here in studio. He's already here. Stay with us. The Nightside Project will be back tomorrow. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.